Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michaud, and today we're going to be talking about the full moon in the first decade of Pisces. I hope that you're doing well out there on this beautiful Friday afternoon. We are going to be exploring all the ins and outs of the full moon that we're going to be experiencing next week. We'll talk a little bit about the sunset and the position that we're experiencing right now. And we'll break it down with an animal, an I Ching. Uh, we will take the full moon through the houses and we'll just chat for a few hours. So uh, let me know if you're here. Put a, put a little greeting in the in the chat box here. Let me know if you're stopping in and where you're stopping in from. Uh, a couple announcements before we kind of get rolling here. I have a big uh, offering for the next year that has been released. Uh, I'm going to be doing a Deccan walk for the next 12 months starting in October which is super exciting. If you like the work that I do with the Deccans and the Tarot, breaking it down with the full moons and throughout the monthly astrology and the new moons, we're going to go on a journey together. We're going to learn all about the Deccans over the course of a year at doing what I like to call collaborative storytelling, experiential learning, where we kind of connect the themes that we're learning about mythologically with the Tarot, with astrology, with our lived experience, and come together and share those stories with one another. My Deccan webinars are part of the class, so that's included in the price of the class. There are payment plans available, monthly payment plans, quarterly payment plans, whatever you need to, to facilitate uh, becoming a participant. We'll have a Discord group to discuss all of the wonderful insights that we have, to ask questions, all of those things of that nature. There's a digital workbook that you'll get as part of the course. Really excited about it. Excited to have a few uh, really cool friends that have already signed up. And um, I hope that you'll join us as well. So check that out in the, in the pin link in the chat or in the description of the video or wherever you're listening to this. Wherever you are. So uh, excited about that. The Deccans of Virgo is on sale right now for 20% off as well. So if you are just wanting to learn those things piecemeal, um, Virgo Deccans webinar on sale for, until the end of Virgo season. I, of course, am still open for readings, for natal readings, for transit readings, for questions that you might have. I'm always excited to work with you in the touring capacity as well. So you can check that out on my website as well at spencermission.com. If you do me a huge favor, if you're here, please like the video, subscribe to the channel if you are new. I uh, always love having new friends stop in in the chat. Don't be shy about leaving a comment in the chat box. It's always nice to hear your insights and your comments and questions and all those things. So, uh, yeah, don't be a stranger. And if you do want to make a material donation to the work that I'm doing here, there's a little dollar sign in the chat. It's called Super Chat or Super Sticker. That really goes a long way to helping to support the work that I do, the preparation that I do that goes into this, the, the time invested, uh, just keeping the lights on here. You can also make a donation through my PayPal me account or at Fentanyl at SpencerMichelle.com, or you can buy me coffee at BuyMeCoffee.com. Okay, those are business announcements. So I hope that you're doing well. I'll welcome a few friends in here today. Rachel Fletcher is joining us from Northern Virginia. Hello, Rachel. Nice to see you. Love the butterfly emoji. Yeah, we've been releasing butterflies here, friends. I've been raising monarch caterpillars. And for those of you who aren't following me on Instagram, I received this beautiful uh, butterfly habitat as a cool curb score in my neighborhood. We have a really active neighborhood like message board on Facebook where I live in Michigan. 
And often people just give stuff away on the curb. And, and I found this beautiful butterfly habitat, brand new in the box. And I got this little butterfly keeper badge, which is super fun. And it's really helping me to facilitate growing these caterpillars from little babies into adults and releasing them. You know, I, I took in a few caterpillars that were had planted eggs on my pollinator plants that I had been ready to put into the ground. And then I kept, by, by feeding them with milkweeds, I kept kind of inadvertently adopting extra eggs. But did you know that only one or two out of a hundred monarch eggs makes it to adulthood? So I've released two so far. I've got three more that are ready to turn into chrysalises, and I've got three eggs in the egg incubator. So we'll see how long this all goes. But the best thing that you can do, friends, if you are interested in doing this work, but you don't have time to rear a bunch of caterpillars, is just to make sure that you're protecting their habitat. Um, removing some of your lawn and putting in some native pollinator plants, especially in the creek, can really help the monarchs. But just keeping some wild spaces in your yard and planting those native plants that are native to your area can really be a really great boon to the to the native population, butterflies, birds, bees, all of those things are super important for the, the ecological balance that we need to, to survive, really, to, to promote biodiversity that helps us to have more food, that helps us to have uh, clean air, helps us to have, you know, the, the animals and insects and nature that will help sustain all of us that's part of a, an interconnected ecosystem. So if you want to learn more about that, follow me on Instagram and on threads. I've been posting some stuff about the journey there. So appreciate all the support and, and those comments about that journey. I come from a family of biologists and conservationists, so I feel like this is really important work that, uh, that really is meaningful to me. And I hope that we can you know, incorporate these strategies into all that as well. As above, so below, right? As within so far. So thanks, Rachel, for your that was my long winded thank you for your butterfly emoji and your update. KP1231 is here from Cleveland. Hello, KP. Nice to see you, friend. Hope you're doing well. Painted Turtle is stopping in, says Spencer. Been a minute since I caught alive. So excited about the deck and walk. All right, friend. I hope that you are joining us. Painted Turtle, feel free to reach out if you need to set up some some accommodations for that or whatnot, or maybe you're already signed up. I don't know. Sometimes I don't know exactly who people are with <laughs> their names here. Josh is here. Josh says, greetings from St. Louis. Nice to see you, friend. Hope you're doing well. Lynn is joining us from Vermont. Uh, made it to the opening. I'm from Vermont. It's probably getting some rain out there. Yeah, we got a lot of rain in the last couple of days. There's been a lot of storms, a lot of down branches. Um, after my butterfly release the other day, there was a pretty big storm. I'm hoping my butterfly was strong enough to make it through that, but you know what? Uh, Fingers crossed, and you can do what you what you can do. You know? uh, Robin is here. Robin Adira, hello from Heldsburg, California. Hello, Robin. Nice to see you, friend. Uh, Don Fisher is here. Howdy, everyone. Sound off for anyone else? I don't think so. I hope not. I hope that uh, you can hear me. Um, Carol from Mass says my sound is echoey. Yeah, I have my air conditioner on, so I hope that that's not too distracting. It's very very hot up here. So I will try to uh, hug the mic a little bit. Hopefully that's better. Okay, what else? Don says, hello, Mercury retrograde. Yeah, it could be a Mercury retrograde issue. Everyone says that I sound like I'm underwater. Um, you know, part of it's because I have the air conditioner. I guess I could turn it off for a minute, but it's going to get steamy. 
I'll just suffer through it. If you see me sweating, you'll know what's going on. How's that? Is that better? <laughs> so I'm less underwater. Oh boy, what we do for these uh, these these live streams. Um, so yeah, I hope you're having a wonderful Mercury retrograde out there. Thanks for everyone who's stopping in and saying hi. Um, let's see. Yeah, don't be shy about saying hi in the chat there. Okay, so now that hopefully we have fixed the challenging sound quality. If it gets too hot, I'll turn it back on, but I'll see how we can go for a little bit. Um, it's probably only you know, 85, 89 outside, but I'm on the second floor uh, of a old house that's not very, uh, it's not very insulated. So we'll see. Yeah, so I'll hug the mic. And uh, like I said, if I get too hot, I'll turn it back on, but uh, we'll see if we can make it through it. Um, that'll encourage me to go quickly. <laughs> Let's set a time. I did, I did, I uh, held myself accountable the last time to have a 4 p.m. Uh, cutoff, and I think I'll try to do that again today. So hold me to that because I'm really working on time management skills. And I think that the less rambling I do and keep an eye on that time, the more effective and efficient this will be for everyone. Okay, Creating Harmony as well, here as well from South Louisiana. I think uh, Khadijah, nice to see you, friend. It's been a little bit. Hope you're doing well. Okay, so friends, we're going to go on a journey. We're going to talk about the full moon. Um, I'll pull the chart up here. Uh, Michelle is joining us from Bonnie, Scotland. Nice to see you where it's rained all summer. Nice. Dawn is saying that it is 105 in Mobile, Alabama, and humidity is through the roof with no more signs of rain at all. Everything is dying in our rainforest. Oh boy. Yeah, we've been getting a lot of flash floods here in our area in southern Michigan. So it's it's there's just a lot going on all, all over the place, you know. I mean, this is the the reality of, of climate change, really. And especially Uranus and Taurus, if you're trying to figure out a uh a, a an astrological explanation, third decan of Taurus talks about humility in the face of nature. And a lot of forces that are outside of our control and when uranus is there there's just a lot of unexpected challenges around that so that's i think that's also part of it and i've been speaking towards that for most of the year as uranus has entered that decade that this would be a summer of some unexpected weather challenges so wherever you are and whatever type of weather challenge you're experiencing i, I hope and wish you well and i think our resiliency is being tested with all of this but i do think that the human race is human species is very resilient and adaptable and we just have to be flexible and we have to make adjustments and we have to learn how to uh, incorporate new new methods of dealing with new challenges okay robin says i'm very tight spends are very interested in joining the deck and walk do you have a payment plan can't afford the full amount right now but i can do it if there's a payment plan yes robin there are payment plans so i've been there's a different you know whatever option works for you i i have a you could pay quarterly you could do four split and four payments for the year or I have a number of people who are starting to sign up with a monthly payment plan. You could split it up into 12 monthly payments. And if that's what works for you, reach out and I'll help you set that up. I'm happy to work with you to make it accessible for the most amount of people possible. So reach out, Robin, and we'll get it set up for you. Sound good? Okay. Uh, Don says, El Nino is kicking our ass for the first time in a long time. Yeah. There's definitely interesting weather changes with El Nino years and La Nina. We had, I had some friends out in Southern California, San Diego and Los Angeles, respectively. They were dealing with the hurricane, the, uh, the, the hurricane earthquake combo. 
um, one of the first, you know, almost hurricanes, I guess it got downgraded to a tropical storm, but one of the first almost hurricanes in maybe 100 years or ever there in, in our recent history. So definitely changes going on and taking place. And it won't be the last. Like these are the things that we're going to have to deal with with our new, our new reality. Um, but again, resiliency is the key. Communicating with people in your community, starting to forge, you know, healthy bonds with people in your community, starting to just make preparations. Like if you have the ability to have backup plans, like emergency plans. If you have things like a generator to, to deal with power outages and things like that. All those things are really smart to be prepared because if you have a plan in place. Uh, rather than ignoring something, right? I think that's the worst thing that you can do is ignore this and just pretend like nothing's happening. I think that's a really, that's frustrating to, for me to see that, and especially with some of the political, uh, the politicizing of this type of thing is really frustrating. But if you're prepared and you have good community, we'll get through it and we'll figure it out. Okay, friends, um, let's start rolling with some astrology. Uh, again, thank you for all the comments and updates and well wishes and, and letting me know how things are going in your area. It really is important to me, like being good stewards of this planet and of this earth and, and trying to do our best to, to figure out how to be good facilitators for not just ourselves as a human species, but for the animals and the birds and the butterflies and the bees around us that we are definitely interconnected with and that we have our lives and our choices make an effect upon. So a big responsibility that we have during this this lifetime. And it, it's frustrating because we probably didn't choose these times. Um, but it's like in the Lord of Rings when, when um, Frodo is like, oh, I wish I hadn't been born in this time or whatnot. But we, Gandalf always reassures him that we can't always choose the time that we're born into, but we choose what we're going to do with that time. And we choose how we're going to respond. So responsiveness is going to be important. Um, some of the vibe this week in particular was probably a little heavy. Uh, I'll pull the chart up and start showing you what we're looking at. Um, so this is the chart of the full moon for full moon in Pisces. And uh, what you can see is that we have the sun and the moon in opposition with one another. And we have two planets that are pretty, um, they, they are in the conversation here pretty intensely. One is Mercury retrograde in Virgo. Okay, so we, we are being challenged to reevaluate some of our methods, some of our hows, some of our processes. Uh, I think that this Mercury retrograde is probably not as gnarly as some other ones because of the dignity that Mercury has, because it is in its own domicile and its own exaltation, which is a, a double dignity for Mercury. It's kind of its favorite place to be, basically. So the, the changes that we make now to our methods could, could be really fruitful. They could be based on a lot of good clarity and whatnot. Um, the challenge that we're experiencing is that we have this opposition to the Virgo planets from Saturn and Neptune. So what I've been experiencing just subjectively is that normally during Virgo season, the beginning of Virgo season, we're really getting our energy starting to ramp up. We're starting to understand what we need to do to be able to preserve the harvest for the winter, to be able to uh, prepare ourselves for the changing of the seasons, the change from summer to fall and 
to prepare ourselves to be able to have everything that we need to survive through the darker part of the year. Okay. When we have Saturn opposing the sun, okay, or opposing any of these planets in Virgo, especially from Pisces here, right, in oppositions, there's sort of a roadblock. There's sort of something that feels heavy. There's something that feels a little bit oppressive. There may be a need to acknowledge a reality or a reality check that we can't, can't escape. And in this case, Saturn and it is retrograde also. So Saturn is asking us to reevaluate our dreams, our visions, the way that we have faith out in the world. It's asking us to evaluate our why, right? So we have our why that we are trying to deal with in the season of really coming clear about our how. Does that make sense? So, so we have a, a Virgo very associated with process, with being able to infuse spirit into physical material form. Pisces, on the other hand, tends to require us to surrender to a divine plan, to a, a universal plan that is greater than ourselves. It is asking us to get clear about the, the motivations that we are, you, the reasons why we are doing what we are doing. Some of the dreams that we have are going to be shown to be untenable. Some of them are going to turn into reality and require a lot of work and responsibility. So this is really baked into this full moon is the, 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 the how versus the why. Um, and with the Sun-Saturn opposition that we're, is perfecting over this weekend as I record this, there's probably a, a little bit of a challenge with our, our energy. Oftentimes I feel super productive during Virgo times and I, I'm feeling somewhat productive, but there's also this nagging sense of like, why are we doing all this? Why are we, what, what is the, what, what's our motivation? Where do we find joy in this? Where do we find joy in the process? And that can slow you down a little bit. It can make you feel like you have a, a heavy, dense clouds, but, but something where you're not getting the relief that you would normally feel from being able to move forward. And we'll talk about that with our I Ching that reflects some of the energy of the I Ching message that we received. So the other thing that I will say too is that Mars in this chart has moved into Libra. So this is the last two days or so of Mars in Virgo before it moves into Libra at the beginning of the week. Um, and it's going to be opposing the moon in the first aspect after the moon escapes the bond. So this is a, an important Hellenistic technique where we see on either side of an opposition of a full moon or a new moon uh, of 15 degrees of arc of distance and separation. So once the moon separates from its 15 degree opposition, it's released from the bond. And what we'll do is we we'll often look at the first aspect that the moon makes to get the flavor of what that lunation is going to be like. So in this case, we're going to have the moon making an opposition with Mars from Aries to Libra. So there may be some challenges around feelings of justice, feelings of what is fair and what isn't, our own personal subjective desires versus the desires of others. That could be, th those could be conflicts that we're dealing with with this as well. Um, the first decade of Pisces tends to lend itself to wanting the feeling of wanting to walk away from something. Here we have the, the Eight of Cups, where you see someone going off into the distance, leaving some kind of material success behind. And you contrast that 
with the eight of pentacles, which represents the first deck in a Virgo, you see someone working very hard to create material success. So there is this conflict between this hard work that's necessary, this, this skill that we need, these resources that we need to move forward in our material lives, and some kind of distant siren song that is calling us, something where we feel like, well, we're working really hard, but what is it in service of? Are we able to enjoy the fruits of our labor? Those are questions that come up during times like this, and they can be really disorientating. I think there's a disorientation that comes with the first decade of Pisces. So we're going to have to try to contextualize where the right places to direct our energy might be and how what we're doing is, is allowing others to have their own personal sovereignty while we're still getting our needs met as well. And, and Neptune is complicating things a little bit too and, and maybe dissolving some of our energy and whatnot. Uh, so that's sort of the little breakdown that we have here. The other thing I will say that is important is we have to look at the hosts for the moon. And in this case, the host is Jupiter. So Jupiter is providing resources to the full moon. And it's in the, the 15 degree uh, middle decan, right? The 10 degree middle decan of Taurus at 15 degrees of Taurus, which is a decan that's associated with giving and receiving material benefits, with trying to find the right rhythm, uh, the right um, consistency in our day to day. So we have uh, potentially, we might be thinking about, well, we're just going through the daily grind, but is this daily grind, is this daily rhythm really serving our, our highest goals and our highest purposes? This is something I've been asking myself lately because there's been a lot of grinding going on in our, in our house, household as far as like a lot of work that we've had to do that's more, more than normal. And we've been trying to figure out like, well, where's the balance between enjoying uh, our life and just continuing to work, 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 and grinding ourselves into bits? And sometimes those are tough questions to answer. Uh, we still have Venus retrograde during this full moon cycle. It'll be stationing direct a few days after the full moon and then handing over its retrograde cycle to Jupiter. So we may once we get clear on what our values are, we may have to reevaluate the methods that we are trying to, to incorporate to get what we want with Mercury retrograde and Virgo. And then we also may have to uh, reevaluate the rhythms that we incorporate into our daily lives, whether we are having a healthy balance between the joy in our lives and the, the responsibilities, whether we are holding on too tightly to resources and, and whether we need to incorporate more of a, a generosity mindset or a gratitude mindset. Those are other things that we could be experiencing with Jupiter in the second decade of Taurus too. So all things to consider with this, with this full moon. So I'm gonna check in in the chat here. All right. So Don says, that's interesting. I know so many spiritual teachers who say the opposite that we choose when we are born. Yeah. You're referring to my Gandalf quote. I think that there are multiple ways to think about that. Um, I don't have a memory of what was going on before my birth, so I can't confirm that. But I think that oftentimes there are a lot of us that feel like, well, I didn't. Uh, there are certain circumstances that we don't necessarily uh, enjoy being incar incarnated into. 
And uh, there are certain tough realities that we have to come to terms with and that we have to learn how to adapt to. I think that's one of the greater lessons of astrology that oftentimes people in the new age spiritual community often disregard is that there's so much energy that is put towards um, creative visualization, manifestation, all of those things that the flip side of that, the balancing point of that is coming to terms with some of the things that are immutable in your life that are unchangeable. The ancient Greeks had many different types of fate that they talked about. One of them was called hemermene, and that's the fate that you, you did not choose. That it's the circumstances that are immutable, that are unchangeable, that you have to make adjustments to. Now, they have other types of fate that are like pronoia, for example, where you uh, have some agency, where you're able to make adjustments based on your foreknowledge and the choices that you make. So I think that there's both. There, there are certain things in life that we absolutely cannot change. You're not going to be able to change who birthed you into the world, like the parents that you have. That could be considered a hemermene, the station that you were born into. Now, you might be able to change that over time, but that is a fixed moment, right? Uh, so, And people will have various levels of comfort with what they consider changeable and what they don't. And that's okay. There's, there's room for adjustment within that. But I do think that one of the gifts of astrology as well is showing us some of the things that we do need to come to terms with and that we need to practice acceptance around. My personal viewpoint on life is that, there, yes, there is wiggle room around our fate and around the things that we are experiencing. But there are also some situations where if we continue to struggle against it, it is like trying to paddle upstream when the current is very strong and taking us in a different direction. I love the concept of the Tao and being able to come into alignment with the, the, the prevailing energy of, of the cosmos, of the universe. If you try to plant something in the middle of winter, you're probably not going to have much success. Whereas if you plant in the beginning of spring, you might, there's a, the conditions are correct. And this is something that I think astrology teaches us, so it's something that we shouldn't, we shouldn't, shouldn't dismiss. Painted Turtle says, I can feel the heaviness. I've been ducking for cover for about a week or so, not to mention I have some fam with natal placements all up in this energy. Yeah, those are a lot of our family can be sources of those challenges as well, Painted Turtle. So hang in there. I know it's definitely been a little bit of a heavy week. Uh, Painted Turtle's feeling nervous about this full moon. I think that it, some, some vigilance is probably okay. But I think that as far as when we see what could be challenging, aspects. I think that one of the, the, the continuation of the thought that I was just espousing is that when we tense up, when we get rigid, where we're going to resist a change or we're going to resist an aspect, that can lead to greater injury than if we went and got fluid, got flexible, right? Uh, one of the things I've been seeing with Saturn and Pisces over the course of its entire time there is that there are certain times that the the Tao, the divine plan, whatever you want to call it, the energy of the time has a better plan than what your plan was, that you are going to be required to be fluid and flexible, like water. When water meets with an obstacle, it hangs back and it collects strength and then it spills around the obstacle rather than trying to bar barrel through it. 
And that's I think that's good advice for this this full moon is hanging back to collect your strength and spilling around an obstacle with your flexibility rather than trying to overpower. Because sometimes when we try to overpower something like Saturn, we're going to lose. Uh, that's something that you'll learn. Um, Lunar Storm is here. Hello, Lunar Storm. Nice to see you, friend. Uh, Khadija says, I'm hoping the full moon sheds light on health choices I'm making. Oh, I hope so, too. Pisces being in sixth house in my solar return this year. Yeah, well, we'll break it down by, by rising sign for you. So maybe I'll have some more insights for you with your specific rising sign, friend. Maggie is here. Hello, Maggie. Maggie says, I understand those choices as deep level choices. Many times it is used in those circumstances that seem out of our control, or we would not choose that in body. Yeah, like finding the balance, right? Finding the balance between our sense of agency versus our sense of having to surrender, I think is definitely important. And who knows what we chose before we came into this incarnation? Um, maybe there was a greater plan. I mean, astrology definitely seems to suggest something like that, some sort of order within the universe. Um, but there's also a good argument to be made for a little bit more of a chaotic experience. So that's a, probably a longer conversation than we have time to unpack here today. But it's a good one to have. It's one that astrologers and philosophers have been having for centuries, probably since there was human thought. Uh, so, so it is, uh, we're part of a lineage of, of great thinkers, I think, when we start to, to explore those topics. Fate versus free will, right? Uh, what happened before we were born? What happens after we're born? They're great mysteries. Okay. All right, friends. So let's, um, I'm going to stop my share here. And what I would like to show you is just a little bit of a preview of my Deccans of Pisces webinar, so we can get a little bit more insight into this full moon. One thing I wanted to get you hit to is that in addition to the Deccan walk link that I pinned at the, be at the beginning of the chat, um, I also put a free Deccan webinar that I did for Nightlight Astrology, uh, I believe this was a year or so ago, where I, I basically broke down what a Deccan was and the history of the Deccans and the different lenses that the Deccans have been have been viewed through over history. And that's a two two hour plus uh, free webinar that's on my YouTube channel. So check that out if you want to kind of get a better idea of what these particular um, parts of astrology are and how you might be able to incorporate them into your practice and into your life and why they are important. Okay. Yeah, Painted Turtle says, deep, definitely keeping flexible and pulled a card from the deck that said, to keep curiosity and humor alive. As a Cancer, I still have trouble not feeling what everyone around me feels, especially my family. No, amen to that. Uh, love your comments on water. Very helpful. Oh, good. I appreciate that, friend. Um, healthy boundaries are really important. And this is something that is a little bit more challenging to come by with, with Saturn, a planet of boundaries, in, a, in a, the water sign that is probably the most boundaryless, right? Where we, we are feeling uh, extra empathy and compassion for other people. So we can also feel other people's sadness. We can feel their heaviness. Um, this is part of the, the, the deal with Saturn and Pisces. So trying to figure out what are our own feelings and what are other feelings of other people is, is a really important um, dharma at this point in time and the important work that we can do. 
especially so we don't get distracted from from really what what is our mission and what is someone else's because it's, it's not always the same. Uh, Don says, without too much effort, do you know how far back F Uranus will go in this retrograde? Just curious if it will go back over my natal Saturn. Well, let's take a look at that. So yes, that is another good point, is that we are going to be, as we are moving through this cycle, uh, Uranus is going to be stationing retrograde, right? So just the lead up to this full moon is a Sun-Saturn opposition on the 27th, Mars moving into Libra on the same day, and then its host becomes Venus. Then Mercury retrograde goes under the beams on the 28th of August at 20 degrees of Virgo. Uranus stations retrograde the same day at 23 degrees of Taurus, and then it stations direct at 19 degrees of Taurus on the 27th of January, 2024. And I broke that down more in depth in my astrology of August, 2023, if you want to get a little bit more insight into that. And then here we have our full moon at seven degrees of Pisces, um, the host Jupiter. Okay, we have the first aspect being the opposition to Saturn. And as we move forward, we'll have more, more challenges around that. We'll have Venus stationing direct on the 3rd of September. We have Jupiter stationing retrograde on the 4th of September with also a, one of the first of two trines between Mercury and Jupiter happening that day. Uh, we have a Mercury Kazemi happening on the 6th of September at 13 degrees of Virgo. Um, and then Mercury will station direct on the 15th. So uh, there's all sorts of stuff coming that's, that's interesting. September is going to be, I think, a pretty busy month. Um, there, there's a lot of astrology. It's kind of almost almost feel like September is the calm before the, the, the more active month of October. And we'll, we'll get to that, but there's a, it's eclipse season in October. So it's, I think it's good to get prepared for bigger changes that might be happening in October over the course of the next few weeks into September. Okay. All right, so let me pull up the Decades of Pisces for you so that we can kind of just break that down a little bit more. So here is a slide from my Deccans of Pisces webinar that will be included in the price of the Deccan Walk. You'll get all 12 of those webinars included in the price of the Deccan Walk, and they will be a part of our of our learning class. Each of those is almost three hours long. And um, if you already have them, reach out and then we can find a, an alternative pricing that takes those into account if you already have them. So if you've gone on this journey with me with the Deccans and you want to do a more experiential, real-time uh, exploration, this is a great time to, to do that as well. Okay, so Okeanos is the, the daimon or spirit associated with this Deccan. And Okeanos is like a spirit of the, the great ocean or river that surrounded the earth in this, these ancient times, the way that they thought of the, you know, uh, this great body of water that encircled the earth. And the Latin Picatrix says, there rises in the first face of Pisces, a man with two bodies who looks as though he is giving a gesture of greetings with his hands. This is a face of peace and humility, debility, many journeys, misery, seeking wealth, a miserable life. <laughs> this is its form. Um, Austin Caput calls it the labyrinth, sort of like this, this, this desire to return home. I talk a lot in my Pisces Deccan webinar about uh, the journey of Odysseus trying to find his way home after the Trojan War and like getting 
uh, distracted and getting blown off course on a lot of different adventures and journeys. So there might be some, some challenges around this where we're feeling a deep desire to, to go home, wherever home is. To me, it's the, the home of our, our higher selves, the home of union with the divine or union with the one, the one mind or the one thing. So uh, beginning an inner journey may be something that we experience. Uh, it is related in the tree of life to Hode and Bria. Hode is a Mercury, Sephira. Um, but in this case, there's an energy of surrender in that particular part of the tree of life. So we're surrendering to our feelings. Uh, we may be having a desire to leave some something behind that we have built into something successful. Maybe we're having a desire to change jobs or change careers. Maybe we're having the desire to leave a relationship. Maybe we're having a desire to leave a, an area that we've been attached to. Maybe there's a routine or a habit that we want to leave behind. Maybe there's some way of approaching the world that brought us success in the past, but now is maybe not the right solution. I think this is another thing I talk about a lot with clients and with my family and, and students is that sometimes what was the correct answer in the past no longer is the correct answer in the present or for the future. And that's okay. This is, this is where we have to really get um, in, in alignment with change. For example, these caterpillars are great teachers. You know, the types of things that they need as caterpillars, milkweed, is very different than what they need when they're butterflies. Okay? They, they eat plant matter as a, as a caterpillar, but they drink nectar when they're a butterfly. If they try to eat uh, a milkweed when they're a butterfly, just they don't even have the right equipment for that anymore. You see what I'm saying? So th this may be true in, in various parts of our life metaphorically. There may be something that's just outlived its, its usefulness, and now we need to go find some take some journey, more of an inner journey, to find an animating spark that will allow us to do the things physically that we need to do, like Virgo season, to create success. So it's very difficult to get organized and to, to create a material manifestation if you don't know what you're actually trying to achieve or what is the essence that is motivating that. I often, you'll hear me talk about this ad nauseum on this channel, essence versus form. Pisces is really, really challenging us to, to, to be clear on what the essence of what we're trying to do is. And Saturn in Pisces says, you got to be flexible on the form. You know, you can't just try to do the same form to achieve a completely different motivation. And this is, this is really true about how we're trying to deal with the changes that we're dealing with in life too, as a culture, as a society. It's my personal opinion that people that are attached to um, the way things have always been are attached to a form. And the essence that, of the changes that we're going through as a community, as, a, as an earth, uh, the, the changes that we need to do about how we manage our resources, how we manage uh, our, our energy systems, all of those things, our resources, our, our money, our the way we organize society, a lot of that is in service of an old form, an old narrative, an old essence. And when we keep trying to hang on to those things, we just create more and more corruption, more and more uh, suffering, really. And if we'd come into alignment with the changes that need to be made for the present, 
things would start to flow a lot better in my opinion. So desire for a higher purpose, confronting narrative loops. Austin Kopic in his book, 36 uh, Faces, talks a lot about the different stories that we've inherited from our youth or from past lives or from wherever that are either keeping us in a prison or potentially could liberate us. Uh, so oftentimes we, we all have some kind of trauma that might be informing the choices that we're making. And some of those are methods of survival, methods of being able to uh, deal with the challenges that, that came at us at a time in our lives where we just, where everything was new and where we were trying to figure out who to trust. And often we bring those challenges into adulthood and they are inappropriate for the situations that we find ourselves in now. And that's the, the heavy work that we do as we try to, to heal. That's the, that's the healing work that we're doing. So healing and confronting those narrative loops that maybe are keeping us prisoner so that we can become liberated and we can find our, our meaning, our special purpose, or whatever it is. So understanding the mythic structure of life. Pisces is really great at figurative language, where symbolic language, where one thing looks like something but means something else. And the challenge in Virgo season is that Virgo is very literal. Virgo says, this is what this is. I can see what it is. I can see the flaws in it. I can see the value in it. But I'm rooted in this material reality part of it. If you have people that have strong Virgo energy in your, in your life, many of them take things very literally. If you have Piscean people in, in your life, they may communicate through story, through song, through, through metaphor. And it can be very confusing if you don't understand fishing metaphors, as they used to say in Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Uh, whatever that dude's name was, uh, Clint, Flint, Flint Lockwood is his name. He didn't understand fishing metaphors. Like his dad was probably Pisces or Cancer or some sort of water-heavy person. And uh, Flint Lockwood was, looked very much like a, like a Gemini, to be honest with you. But he could be a Virgo because he was very, very scientifically minded. And, um, and it was difficult for him to understand how his father was trying to tell him he loved he, he loved him basically, but but wasn't very direct about it. Was very indirect about it. So this is something where we are we need to learn how to tune in to messages that we receive in our lives that may not be literal. Um, you can practice this by entraining yourself to different systems of knowledge of divination, like learning something like astrology, tarot, decans animism, it's like seeing nature as a, as a divinatory oracle. I, I've been spending a lifetime doing that. I have a lot of scientists and biologists in my family, and I've always been connected to nature on that level. But I have also a deep connection to the, the metaphorical and spiritual meanings of those things as well, through study, through practice. So for me, like, for, for example, these, these butterflies and these caterpillars, they're teaching me something they're not just these little animals that I'm, I'm raising and releasing out into the world. They're teaching me and showing me what is necessary for me to do the same in my own life, for me to transform from one form into another, and what types of actions by emulating them. Some of the greatest geniuses of every generation have found truth in emulating nature. And I think that that's a part of what something that you can do when you're trying to see symbolic messages from, from nature or from things in your life as well. 
So questions that you can ask yourself, what siren song is calling to you? What material form have you outgrown? Really important, right? These, these little caterpillars, they shed their skin like four or five times in, in, in their journey to becoming a butterfly. So there are times when the, our skin has become too tight and we just need to sh shed off some of them, saying this metaphorically, right? Where we are just, we feel too cramped in the situation that we're in and we have to liberate ourselves. And it's not always a fun process. It can be a painful process, but it's a necessary one or you can't continue to grow. Uh, what, where will this inner journey take you? It may be a little confusing, like Austin Kopic's labyrinth. There may be many twists and turns. You may feel a little bit lost, but eventually it will take you to your center. What truths are being revealed through these internal wanderings? Pay attention if you come to a truth through these sometimes confusing waters. If you find that you come to a truth and you continue to ignore it, it will continue to get louder and louder and louder until you pay attention to it, until you cannot ignore it. This is what I've found in my life. If you if you find some truth and you continue to do the thing that is bringing you suffering or bringing suffering to others, the consequences become greater and greater and greater. It's very hard to go back on, on clarity and knowing. Uh, what repetitive story is shaping your reality? Okay, This is where if you are a person who uh, follows manifestation energy or creative visualization, which I think that there is value in that. Which stories are shaping your reality right now? Which things do you absolutely have to come to terms with and which things are flexible? Knowing the difference between those two things is very important and is very important work to do as you, as you grow in maturity. Is your personal mythology creating a prison or a palace? Okay, so oftentimes our beliefs are the very beginnings of the actions that we take out in the world. So we will have the tension between our beliefs and the actions that we take out in the world during this full moon. So the clearer that you can get on why you are doing something, how is it serving your most innermost heart song, your innermost siren song, you will be able to take more efficient actions out in the world. And when you get clear on your why, that can completely change the methods that can get you to that goal, okay? Completely. So it's important work to do, the, the, the reflective work, the work of finding meaning with your day-to-day -day life, rather than just continuing to just do the same thing over and over again, the roteness of it. And I'm saying this to myself too, as a Taurus moon, second deck in Taurus moon, like we all have our routines, right? I have my routines. And sometimes they're, they were the right routine for a certain period of time. And other times, they just don't serve us anymore. And we have to be able to make changes. Okay. So that's Pisces 1. And a little excerpt from the first decan of Pisces in the decans of Pisces webinar. Decans of Virgo are on sale right now. So if you want to learn more about the Virgo season that we are experiencing, you can get 20% off of that. If you want to learn all about the decans, you can check out my decan walk year-long program where we're going to meet twice a month, um, probably for two or three hours at a time on, on Mondays. Uh, if you can't meet live, there will be recordings of the, of the class uh, that you can view a day afterwards. And there will be a Discord where we can discuss all of our insights. And we're going to have journaling prompts. We're going to look at charts. We're going to explore uh, you know, famous people that have these placements. It's going to be a really good time. We're going to create a lot of great communities. So I hope that you'll join me for that and reach out if you have any questions. Uh, Tarya T is here. Hello from Finland. Just dropping by. Nice to have the recording. Nice to see you, Tarya. Cheers to you. 
hope that everything's going well I'm out in Finland. been enjoying following along with my friend uh, Susanna and seeing some of their her journeys up, out there in, in Finland. And they, they do a lot of like festival work and li live uh, some really in some really beautiful places connecting with nature. So it's always fun to see how people live in various parts of the world. Okay, let's take a stretch. And then what we will do is we will start taking it through the houses. So I'm going to stretch out a little bit. Please take this opportunity to stretch your legs. Uh, do me a huge favor. Please like the video. That's the easiest thing you can do to support the channel and get the algorithm. Please the algorithmic gods and get us out uh, to more people. Please subscribe to the channel if you're new here. It's always nice to, to see uh, all of you here on a regular basis. Turn on that notification bell if you can so that you know when I go live. And then sign up for my newsletter, the Spencer Michaud Astrology Newsletter, which you can find in the description of this video or on my website, spencermichaud.com. Send that out about once a week, announce, making announcements for new classes, new live streams, uh, new sales. There's also some links to my partner's uh, Etsy shop, Third Coast Mojo, Tanya Andrews, who does some really great work with uh, astrological magic and those things. So if you're into that kind of thing, uh, there's some things for you there as well. I'm often wearing a lot of her stuff as, in addition to, I guess, our favorite magical practitioner besides Tanya, which is the Sphere and Sundry stuff. I'm slathered in Regulus and Denabal Getty oil from Sphere and Sundry. And I'm wearing Tanya's Mercury, Exalted Mercury oil, which I really like, as well as her Hoodoo-inspired oil, which is called uh, the, the Wisdom of Solomon uh, oil. So... Some pretty cool stuff there. Tanya has a little bit of a, a hoodoo uh, twist on her work that's a little bit different. So she is uh, knowledgeable in that tradition. So check it out. Okay, so friends, we've had a good stretch. Get a little bit more of one. It's not too hot in here. I think I could keep the air conditioner off for a little bit longer. I just have to stay hydrated. So what, what, what we'll do now is I'm going to pull up the, uh, I'm going to pull up the, the rising signs for this. So on Astro Gold, you can do something called the, the sheets. You go to Astro Sheets, and then you can pull up this handy dandy, uh, I don't know, little thing where you basically can see all of the different rising signs for a particular time and space. So in this case, we're going to have the, the full moon take it through the signs. So what I would like to do is I'm going to start with Virgo, Virgo rising, because it is now Virgo season. And somebody had the really uh, great idea of starting with the rising sign of the lunation or the or where the sun was so everyone gets a turn being first and then everyone gets a turn being last and in the middle uh rather than the aries folks always going first and the pisces folks always having to wait exactly to the end so i thought this was a pretty a nice system that is very well balanced so uh virgo rising and we are clipping along here love it i love this new time management thing uh, I have a bunch of new books that I've been reading about 
winning the week. I have one that's called winning the week, which is about kind of setting weekly goals for yourself. I had another one that was about, oh geez, what's it called? Um, indistractable <laughs> or about eliminating distractions. And then I have another one that is about your executive skills. Uh, I can share that um, with you as well. I don't have it in front of me, but it's, uh, I, I shared it in the last live stream that we did. Can't always remember the name to all these things. So, Virgo Rising, Khadija, you're first today. <laughs> You've waited so patiently, Virgo Risings. Um, so this is an angular new moon, or full moon, excuse me, for you. Uh, this is something where the sun is, is casting a big spotlight on your first house of your body, your, your health, your personality, the, the way that you see yourself, your character. Um, you may be becoming aware of new skills that you might need or new resources that you might need to uh, bring into fruition to be able to move forward with a, a new set of personal goals. Um, one thing I didn't mention about this overall is that this sun, the sun is going to be on the fixed star Thuban, uh, which is a fixed star in, in Draco, the constellation Draco. And it's a part of the set of constellations that surround the pole, which don't appear to either rise or set. They just kind of appear since they are so close to that pole. Uh, so they were considered a place of immortality. And Thuban is, is a lesson about hoarding versus letting resources flow through us. Um, a lot of times when people have a fixed star on Thuban, myself included, I have Jupiter on this exact degree. So this, this full moon is going to affect my Jupiter energy over the second and eighth house. Um, you have to, to learn to let resources flow through you. And for me, it's, it's knowledge that I've, I've been, uh, had to learn how to share freely. Uh, I tend to hoard books, but I find that the more I talk about the things that I learn, the more recommendations I get for great books, the more um, opportunities I have to keep learning. So this is something where to, to consider how to stay fluid with not holding on too tightly to, to whatever it is that you might feel like collecting. So Virgo rising, this may be uh, something where you're really trying to get in touch with um, you know, the things that you may hoard for yourself personally. You have Virgo uh, Mercury retrograding in your first house, which is providing resources. Let's see here, I'm gonna move some things out of the way. So it is providing resources for your 10th house and the first house, right? So it is in its own domicile in the first. So there may be some, some challenges with this full moon around your needs versus someone else's needs. And it may be related to a job, to your career, to your public life. Jupiter is hosting this new moon from your ninth house. So there may be something where you're having to find a new, uh, a new routine, a new rhythm for your spiritual practices, for your belief systems. This is one where it's, a, it's a really important to, to get clear on what you believe versus maybe what someone else believes. And there could be some tension, like that, that Sun-Saturn tension. We're, we're really going to be coming off of this uh, for this full moon and experiencing it today and into the weekend, right? I think it peaks on Sunday. Um, but there may be something where we just feel like we're, we're, we have a blockage, where, where something is held back. 
Okay, the I Ching, again, I'll, I'll hint at it, but specifically talks about like the tension about being held back and collecting energy, right? Like we talked about water, collecting energy to spill around an obstacle. You do have Mars moving into your second house, Virgo rising, where there might be some tension around your, your personal finances. So the, the result of this full moon, the, the, when the moon escapes the bond, there could be some really difficult conversations about what is yours versus what is someone else's, how you share resources with someone versus how you maintain your own independence. Okay. Let's move on to Libra rising. So Libra rising, this is a full moon over your 12th and 6th house axis. So there is a balancing point between the work that you may need to do, you may need to grind out some energy, you may have a, a, a focus on wanting to relax, wanting to have some solitude, liberalizing, wanting to take a break, maybe feeling a little bit burnt out right now with the sun moving through your 12th house. Uh, could also be a focal point on um, people that may try to undermine you uh, from in secret, like in the background, uh, versus the sixth house can also represent people that uh, are are doing a service for us, right? Uh, in the in the ancient times, it was a house of slavery, but in the mod more modern times, we can maybe consider it some someone that we've hired to do a service for us. Uh, it also can be related to injury or illnesses, so there may be something where some kind of injury or illness is making it difficult for you to really get a break, or 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 there might be a lot of work that you're doing that is really uh, taxing on your body. And you may be really reviewing how you practice your self-care, how you practice getting what you need to be able to relax, to be able to recharge your battery. Um, there may be some really difficult choices that you're having to make about taking care of your health with Saturn retrograding through your sixth house as well. Uh, there could be a chronic illness that you're dealing with where you're really trying to figure out what, what could be the solution to that. Um, the sixth house is one house that pulls us away from a sense of completion. So this full moon, there could, could be something that you feel like is pulling you away from, from finishing something, and that could be pretty frustrating. Now you have Mars in the first house now, uh, making you aware of an imbalance. Okay, that first, first decade of Libra, we often become aware of how something isn't fair. And, and with Mars there, we can get particularly upset about it. Uh, there's a spirit in that deck called the Uranese, and they were uh, this a set of like creatures that, that people prayed to to punish people who got away with crimes. So there may be some some tension around something that you you deem as unfair, and there could be some 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 difficult moments around that. And and try to be gentle with yourself around that. Try not to necessarily feel like you have to be judge, jury, and executioner when it comes to that situation. Um, because that could really tax tax your health, and you want you need all your energy right now, Libra rising, especially because your your time lord, or I'm sorry, your first house ruler, has been retrograde for a while in the eleventh house. There's probably been some issues with friends, uh, or with organizations that you share a sense of purpose with, and you've probably been questioning your value within that organization, or people have been questioning your value, or or whether it's worth it for you. And Venus is going to be stationing direct shortly after this full moon, so you get, get some clarity on that. Um, Jupiter is in your eighth house, 
providing for the full moon. So there may be questions about a shared uh, resource, about something that is going to happen, maybe in relationship to an inheritance, to a debt, or to uh, how you take care of others or how they take care of you. And there's going to be a review that's going to be coming up for that shortly after this full moon as well with Jupiter retrograding there. So take it easy on this full moon Libra rising. Okay, let's keep going. And you're welcome, Khadija, for breaking that down for you. I always love to be of service. Okay, so Scorpio rising. Scorpio rising. You have the sun highlighting your 11th house in opposition with the full moon in the fifth house. So there's been a lot of focus on, on group energy, on maybe even benefits that you receive from a group or, or a government organization or something of that nature, which is also 11th house signification. You've probably been feeling like you need to reskill or becoming aware of, of the hard work that is going to be necessary to, to advance within the group that you're uh, sharing some sort of energy with. There's a, a Mercury retrograde asking a lot of questions about the group that you're a part of, asking a lot of questions maybe about benefits that you're receiving. Um, and there's probably a little bit of a, a roadblock coming from your values, your personal values in the fifth house, okay, versus someone else's values, your personal creativity that it's in service of your own entertainment and your own desires versus the altruistic work that, that you're being asked to do right now with an 11th house sun in Mercury retrograde. Okay. Um, Mars is going to be opposing the moon after it releases the bond from your 12th house to the sixth house. So there could be, again, there could be some difficulty getting uh, the, the rest that you need. This The Mars is the, Unless I can maybe highlight that for you. Mars is the ruler of your ascendant. So this could be a time where you're feeling tired, where you're feeling like you can't catch a break or you can't get a rest, especially with Mars and its exile in the 12th house. Every time I've had Mars moving through my 12th house or had clients like this, there's just something that is interrupting their, their peace, their solitude. It could be a secret enemy. It could be a situation where they're feeling like they just can't, can't, can't relax. For Scorpio risings, it could be a relationship. There could be an imbalance in a relationship where you're just like, oh, there's this conflict that we're having that I just can't, it just brings me anxiety with Mars and Libra there. So take a look at the 12th house if Mars is moving through there and to figure out the nature of the conflict potentially. Like for, for example, I'm Cancer, I'm a Leo rising, I have Cancer in the 12th house. So when Mars is in Cancer, Sometimes it's a family issue that is a family conflict that is making it very difficult for me to find my peace and my solitude. And you can you can you know make your own uh, you know significations around your twelfth house sign with Mars is in there. A painted turtle is reminding me to make sure I take water breaks without my AC on. That's a good that's a good reminder. To stay hydrated. Although I feel fairly hydrated today. Um, I started a new practice of drinking some some chia water in the morning. Um, I soak some chia seeds overnight, and that's what I'll drink first thing in the morning, which has helped me feel nice and hydrated with some extra fiber in the morning. So I, I highly recommend that, but I'm check with your doctor if it works for you or not. Um, 
this new moon is being hosted by Jupiter in your seventh house, Scorpio rising. So that's providing for the fifth. So there could be some, some new rhythms that you're exploring or just trying to figure out what is, how much to give and how much to receive within a relationship. And again, that, that secret, you know, kind of enemy with Mars there is, there could be some tension around that. And there could be some reevaluations that are coming when Jupiter stations retrograde in your seventh house. Um, things with your career could start to move forward again with Venus stationing direct in the 10th house. So that could be some good news. So maybe shifting the focus from these relationship challenges more towards the what you're doing out in the public with your career could help you alleviate some of the challenges that you're experiencing. Okay. And hang in there. Like the good news about having Mars and Libra is that shortly after that Mars will move into Scorpio. It's it's uh its own domicile. So the the challenging time will lead to one of empowerment. So sometimes we have to go through the difficult time to get through a place where we really feel strong. So th that's going to, you know, Mars is going to move into Scorpio, probably, what is it, October. Um, so you've got a month of, of Mars moving through Libra, um, but it's not going to last that long. It's a couple weeks. And this too shall pass, right? Okay. Let's talk Sagittarius rising. So Sagittarius rising is another one of these angular full moons. Again, when we have a full moon that's in, in house one, seven, four, or 10, we're generally gonna feel these more personally, where sometimes if we have it in a house that is adjacent to those houses, like a Caden or a succeeding house, we might not have the, the biggest event happen to us, but we may have to be dealing with the fallout of it happening to someone near us or supporting someone near us. But when they're angular, it's, it's definitely a personal challenge. So here we have an opposition between the sun in the 10th house and the moon in the fourth house. So there's been a focal point, Sagittarius rising, in the beginning of Virgo season on your career, on the way that you show up publicly. Maybe there's a, a, a reskilling happening at your job. There's a new system that you're trying to put into place. And there's tension coming off of uh, an opposition with Saturn because there's probably responsibilities in your domestic sphere as well. Some of the new responsibilities at work could be making it very difficult to, to, to feel relaxed within your home. Sagittarius risings have been feeling probably extra pressure at home, extra responsibilities that have made them feel a little bit grounded lately, a little bit like their freedom of movement has been restricted. And that's okay. Sometimes we go through periods like that. It doesn't mean that you're not free. It doesn't mean you have to leave everything behind. In fact, there will be consequences if you do shirk your responsibilities, especially when it comes to your home and your family. So I would highly recommend surrendering to the responsibilities that you have within your family. Um, and it'll pass too. It's, it's not permanent. Uh, you do have Jupiter providing resources for this full moon from your sixth house. So there could be just a lot of, there could be an injury or an illness that you're dealing with. There could be a lot of extra work that you have that you're not getting credit for. Uh, Jupiter is benefic though. So this is a planet that could potentially bring some positive things, um, especially maybe through someone who is doing a service for you or who is working for you. Although you may have a renegotiation that's gonna be happening in the beginning of September when Jupiter turns retrograde. Uh, Venus will be stationing direct in your ninth house. 
So if you've been reevaluating, you know, something about how you value long distance travel, how you value your belief systems, what kind of identity you uh, create around your belief systems, that could start moving forward once again in the beginning of September as well. Mars is going to be opposing the the newly released moon from the bond over your 11th and 5th house axes. So there could be some extra challenges and maybe some imbalances within your, your peer group or within a group that you share experiences with or share values with. Uh, and that could come into conflict with your own personal creativity uh, at, at, as we uh, move forward off of this full moon. So hang in there. Um, know that that it's not going to this this period where you feel maybe some restrictions it's not going to last forever uh and sometimes we learn quite a bit through the limitations that we have in our life rather than just having to just run from them or to move on to a new situation sometimes we have to spend some time in a particular place or location to really get the truth out of that situation um, and and i have found that freedom is not necessarily just not having any responsibilities or commitments. Freedom is, a, is an internal state. So try to work on that internal sense of freedom rather than needing the externalization of it. Luna Storm says, too grounded, been staying home too much. Yeah, are you a Sagittarius rising? <laughs> I'm sure that that's probably not the most comfortable thing for you. But like I said, there's probably a reason for it. And there are lots of things that you can learn from putting down good roots, from, from laying down a, a healthy foundation. You know, the uh, strong roots help the tree reach to the, the greatest heights. So, so make sure that you're not uprooting things when you need to, to settle, right? Okay, there you go. So Capricorn rising, let's move forward, Cap rising. Okay. So Capricorn rising, you are having a focus on your ninth house and your third house. The sun is bringing some clarity to your ninth house of your belief systems uh, of journeys to find meaning within life. Although sometimes the challenge with Capricorn rising is, is to I think the one is what is fascinating about Capricorn rising is that they have the sign of reality in the ninth house of belief, the sign of like practicality. So their beliefs are very practical, if that makes sense. Like their beliefs are very much rooted in the physical. And sometimes that can be really helpful. Other times that can be bring you some difficult situations because the nature of faith is sometimes being able to, to believe in something that you can't see, to be able to understand metaphor and figurative language and symbolic things. So there may be some tension between the, the, the higher motivations that, that drive you and the need to find a, a liminal space rather than a, a, a literal one. Liminal spaces is the in-between spaces. So, excuse me. so you you may be having some tension between uh, maybe also wanting to to travel or maybe wanting to go off on a journey to find meaning, but there's some responsibilities you have in your everyday life with the moon and Saturn in your third house 
you could have a responsibility with a with a neighbor with a sibling um, there could be a, a learning program that you're working on that is feeling a little bit overwhelming um, your daily habits and routines which i also consider third house your your daily rituals are important uh, you may be having to reevaluate those and how those are in service of your higher belief systems um, Jupiter is providing for the third house moon from your fifth house. So drawing upon your own personal creativity, uh, drawing upon what brings you joy could be a beneficial um, balm for this, this challenge. You may be reevaluating what brings you joy with Jupiter stationing retrograde at the beginning of September as well. You may have also had a situation with a shared resource with Venus in the eighth house that will start to resolve itself as Venus turns direct at the beginning of September as well. When the moon escapes the bond, it will make an opposition to Mars in your 10th from your fourth house. So there's probably gonna be a little bit of tension that has, has come into your career house, your public house, where there may be something that's unfair or unjust that you become aware of within your job. And that could cause a little bit of tension between your domestic situation and your public career situation. So be aware of that moving forward. Okay, and, and just the last thing cap rising is that Saturn right here is the ruler of your first house. So there's a lot of changes that are probably going for you uh, that are related to finding meaning. Oftentimes Capricorn like, like Virgo will just kind of grind away and take on the responsibilities of people and they'll just do what they feel needs to be done in that moment without coming up for air. And Saturn is probably really challenging you right now, especially with its retrograde motion. It'll be direct again on November 4th, so there is there is light at the end of the tunnel here. But it's challenging you to really like examine why you're doing what you're doing. I mean, is it just to make money? Or is there something greater that is could be infused within it? Oftentimes, Capricorn placements are really concerned with material security, and that is important. I realize the value of that. Even as a Cancer Sun, I'm realize the value of, of uh, having material security. But there's, there is a balance between having material security and being able to enjoy it, right? Without you know, grinding yourself into, into dust. So there's uh, something to consider there, Cap Rising. Okay, Aquarius Rising. So Aquarius Rising, this will be a full moon over the eighth and second house oppositional axis. So this is a, there's been a focal point for Aquarius Risings on their eighth house since the beginning of Virgo season. So a spotlight, think of the sun as a big spotlight where we're becoming aware of something or we're being asked to find clarity on something. Uh, so this is a big spotlight on how you share resources with other people. There may be something where you're grappling with fears where you're grappling with something that is how to resolve uh, an aftermath of a completion. It could be a death. It could be leaving a relationship. It could be leaving a job. It could be just something where you came to a completion over Leo season. And now there is the, the fallout from that. that. Those can be eighth house significations being the succeeding house that follows the seventh house, angular house. Um, 
Mercury's retrograding in that eighth house, so there may be a lot of questions that are coming up about how you support someone else, how you are supported yourself. It could be creating some tension between the way that you um, go out and make your money. Could be there could be some tension between you know how you utilize your resources. Oftentimes, Aquarius rising with Pisces on the second house cusp, but depending on their Jupiter placement, can just sort of have a blase attitude about money. They're just like, oh, I'll just have faith. It'll come. It comes. It goes. It, it's. I don't need to pay attention to it. But Saturn in your second house says, yeah, you got to get real about how you're spending your resources, how you're, what kind of skills that you need to move forward within your life, and and that is your first house ruler, Aquarius rising. So finding meaningful ways to engage with your resources and balance that out with other people's and how you support them is, is important. Um, you are having Jupiter provide resources to this full moon from the fourth house. So there could be an expansion going on in your fourth house of home, family, could be a new family member, could be a re renovation. Expect some delays to come in at the beginning of September around that with, with Jupiter stationing retrograde, uh, a little maybe a disruption of your routines potentially. Uh, you might get start to get some clarity about your values within a relationship with Venus stationing direct in your seventh house, so that, that could be helpful. You'll also see an opposition between the moon and Aries and Mars and Libra over the third and ninth house axes shortly after the full moon. So there's probably some tension that will have entered your um, your belief system. There could be a legal issue that comes up where you find that you're having to either fight for some sort of justice or fairness, okay? Uh, and that may be disruptive to your daily daily routine, your daily habits, your, the daily organization of your journeys. You may really want to have your own way of doing something, but there may be some adjustments that you have to make to others right now that's bringing some tension. So hang in there and uh, try to try to see the big picture as you as you normally do, and and use that power of objectivity to get you through it. Okay, Pisces rising. We are flying through it today, aren't we? I love it. I love it. Okay, Pisces rising. This is what happens when we get into Virgo season. Like, there's no screwing around. <laughs> like, it's time to get to it. Um, so this is another angular full moon for Pisces rising. So you have a, a focal point with the sun moving through Virgo on your seventh house of relationships, of completions, of things that are, and they also could be open enemies. There could be a conflict that you're having with someone else. You're having to adjust to someone else's energy. There could be some reviews that are coming about on how you organize that relationship on, on the day-to-day -day routines or the skills necessary to make it successful, the way that you uh, deal with your, your material resources. Uh, Saturn's been, been a tough teacher in the first house. Um, those are always pretty difficult transits, Saturn in the first. So there's been a lot of, a lot, a lot, I'm sure, a lot of difficult, heavy emotions for Pisces Risings recently, uh, where Pisces Rising is kind of getting, really being asked to get real about their visions because they usually have a lot of visions and some of them they are able to manifest and other ones are just completely unrealistic i'm sorry to say as are most of us our visions you know visions do not equal achievable goals 
I, I, I hate to say that, it's Virgo season. Doesn't mean that some of them can't come into reality because they definitely can. But every vision we have isn't instantaneously manifested. If that were the case, we would, <laughs> I'm sure they made science fiction movies about this, but chaos reigns. There's a reason why there's a delay sometimes between our desires and manifesting. It's, it's for our own protection sometimes. So to try to get real with the Saturn opposition about what is, what, is, uh, what is possible and what isn't, and what stories that you've been telling yourself that you've shaped your life around, because those, those things can be, like I said, they can be either a palace or a prison. Jupiter is providing help and resources for this full moon from the third house of your daily habits, your daily routines. There might be something that you're finding a new rhythm. Jupiter is like providing new daily rhythms for you. Uh, it could be benefits that you receive either from a sibling or from an extended family member, some support that you're receiving from those, those folks as well. That, that could be up for review as Jupiter stations retrograde in your third house. Could be a new, uh, a new course of study that you've started that you will, will maybe change your routines at the beginning of September potentially. Um, so, so be on the lookout for that. Venus is going to be stationing direct in your sixth house. So if there's been something going on with your health or with an injury or an illness, there could be some forward movement at the beginning of September as well. The moon is going to make an opposition with Mars in your eighth house from your second house. So the fallout from this full moon could be that there is a, an awareness of an imbalance between you know, your resources and someone else's, and that could, could cause some tension between how you organize whose is what, right? You may have a desire to just spend money on something that you desire, but there may be some conflict over that with a partner, potentially. So try to be flexible. Or just wait, right? Sometimes waiting is the best way. John says, get to work. Yeah, exactly. This is Virgo season. Get to work. Although Saturn in Pisces is like, but why? <laughs> to what end? <laughs> like, aren't you tired? <laughs> okay, Aries rising. Aries rising. You have the moon in the 12th opposing the sun in the 6th. So this is another, you know, this is another full moon uh, in the difficult houses, right? Um, where you, you probably have a, a big focal point with the sun in your sixth house on health, you know, maybe there's an injury or an illness that you're working through and you're trying to heal. Mercury retrograde is strong in those houses. This is one thing I want to say for all of the rising signs. This Mercury retrograde is not I would not call it a difficult one, although your mileage may vary based on your own personal placements. For some people, reorganizing the methods of how they do things is fun and easy. For other people, like it's monotonous and tedious and difficult. So again, mileage may vary, but Mercury is at the height of its powers in, in Virgo. So finding a solution, reevaluating something that could lead to some really great results, especially as we get to the Kazemi moment at 13 degrees of Virgo, okay? So you may be asking a lot of questions of a, of a person that you work with, like a doctor or like a, someone you've hired to do a service for you. There may be some challenges around getting solitude with Saturn in the 12th house, or you may just be really attracted to just escaping, okay? That's another 
signification with the Eight of Cups card or this first second of Pisces is just wanting to leave everything and escape into our imagination. So for everybody, it's very important that you stay grounded while you are exploring your imagination and your dreams. There's a balance that needs to take place between those two energies. Um, Venus is going to station direct in your fifth house. So a, 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 your values around what you what brings you entertainment or pleasure could be starting to move forward once again. This could be a time where, you know, with Venus retrograde, nothing, nothing felt like it gave, brought you joy or satisfaction. And that could start to alleviate after uh, Venus turns direct. Jupiter is providing for the, the moon and Saturn in the second house of your resources, the way that you make money, the skills that you have that support you. So you probably have, this could be a really fortunate time for you financially, but be careful because there could be some, some reevaluations of how you are utilizing your money and your resources when Jupiter stations retrograde on September the 4th. The other thing that's happening for you, Aries rising, is that once the moon escapes the bond and opposes Mars at two degrees of Libra and Aries, or maybe even a few degrees after that, to be honest with you, um, let's see, I'll just look it up for sure. No, it's always, it, it's always going to be a few degrees after that. Let's, so I get, I think it's at four degrees, three or four degrees. I, I, anyway, I'm getting caught in the weeds. The big picture is, is that there, there could be a potential challenge with a partner. Um, Mars moving into your seventh house could show that there is an imbalance, that there's something that's not fair that could be making you upset. Uh, it is also your ascendant ruler. So there, you, you could be wanting to move forward under your own power, especially with the moon moving into Aries. But there could be some compromises that you, you have to make with a partner that are bringing you a lot of frustration. It could be something where you're just like, I, I would love to be able to just go and do this. But there's you have to slow down and consider someone else's needs within that. And that could be bringing about a sense of, of injustice, potentially. So be careful of that. Be careful not to let that get you down too much. It's a temporary situation. And eventually, Mars, your, your, your time, I'm sorry, I keep saying time, but the ruler of your first house is going to move into its domicile in Scorpio uh, in, in October. So September, that might be a little hairy for relationships, but it's going to improve after that. Okay. Okay, okay. Everyone doing okay? All right out there. Taurus rising. Okay, Taurus rising. Taurus rising, the sun is moving through your fifth house. The Mercury retrograde is in the fifth house. And it's posing the sun and Saturn in your 11th house. So a focal point, a reevaluation, a changing of methods in your personal creativity, in the way that you seek pleasure, maybe with your children being involved with that, a focal point with your children, Taurus rising, reevaluating some things about how you organize their lives could be part of this this uh, this full moon. There could be some brick walls or challenges with organizations that you work with, uh, where there's a lot of confusion about why you're doing it with like in that manner. Like maybe there's like a, a hospital or something that you work with, and there is a a service that they're providing and you're like why are we doing this this doesn't seem at first maybe it seemed to be the right solution but maybe now it's proven to be not worth it or something like that um 
Jupiter is in your first house, expanding your own uh, abundance, your own rhythms and routines, encouraging you to, to find a healthy rhythm. You could be reevaluating those rhythms, especially with kids going back to school, like Taurus rising, if you have kids going back to school, your routines are going to change. So Jupiter retrograding is going to encourage you to like be clear about how you organize your time and your day. And there may be some personal expansion that you've been going through that may be delayed a little bit uh, when Jupiter turns retrograde. It turns direct on uh, December the 30th. So there, there should be some more forward motion after that. doesn't mean that there will never be any forward motion. It just means that sometimes we just have to take a breather. And, and when we're going through these changes, um, we have to see what's working and what isn't. And that's a, that's a good thing here too. Um, you've had Venus retrograding through your fourth house. So thinking about how you feel valued within your family or your values, your family values, values, the value of your property could have been taking a hit, you know, so uh, that'll start to move forward again in the beginning of September. Um, and there might be an ability to find joy within your family again, or within your domestic space. You will be experiencing the opposition of Mars and the moon over the sixth and 12th house. So there could be some challenges with uh, practitioners that you work with, where you see an, an, an imbalance or an injustice with like a you know, someone who does a service for you. And that could be really frustrating. There could be some cir circumstances that are out of your control with that. So, so take it easy. Try not to get too frustrated with that situation. The good news is that the ruler of your first house, Venus, is going to be stationing direct in a few weeks. So you should start to feel like, you know, a little bit better about how things are going in your life, especially with your family. Okay, Gemini rising. G -g -g Gemini, 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 it's all right. So Gemini is the, 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 uh, the next angular full moon, or maybe the final angular full moon in our exploration today. Get some water here. It's a bit steamy in here. These are the sacrifices I make for you folks for, for your astrology. Just sweating in the sauna up here. <laughs> That's good. I probably need to sweat out some toxins. Um, there is a highlight for you, Gemini Rising, on your fourth house of home, family, roots, foundation. And there, there are some reevaluations going on with Mercury retrograding there within the family, maybe even going and visiting your family like that you haven't seen for a while or something like that. Um, and there's some tension between that and your public life with your career, with your job. There could be some situations that feel oppressive at work where you're kind of like, why the hell am I doing this job? Why, why am I doing, you know, this public thing uh, with Saturn retrograding in opposition in Pisces? Um, again, the, the, the advice I have for everybody, wherever the sun is at seven degrees of Virgo, try not to get too selfish. You're going to have to be flexible. You don't want to hoard in that area. So like this could be a time where you don't want to hoard your family, domestic time. You need to engage with your career a little bit, right? You have to let things flow through you. You have to learn generosity in that position. Um, Jupiter is providing for this full moon from the 12th. So a desire, strong desire probably just to retreat, 
and to go into solitude, to find a new rhythm for the way that you recharge your battery. Um, you may have to reevaluate how you escape situations in your life with Jupiter retrograding in that 12th house. Venus is going to be going direct in your third house. So if you're having any conflict or values challenges with like a sibling or with an extended family member or with a, a, a some place where you're going through a new learning process that could start moving forward again in the beginning of, of September as well. When the moon escapes the bond, it is going to meet in opposition with Mars in Libra from your fifth to your 11th house. So Mars moving in your fifth house, there could be some, some injustices with your, if you have children, it could be through the way that you seek pleasure. You could be uh, really being challenged to eliminate some of the, the negative habits that you might have that, that, is, that sometimes are made because of a partner that you have in your life. Oftentimes, Gemini Risings with Libra in the fifth house, they will start to, to seek pleasure in ways that, that a significant other or like a, a, a twin, I mean that like metaphorically, it doesn't have to be an actual twin. Um, so they want to combine energy. They have like a shadow relationship like a, a, you know, with, with someone else in their life. So there may be someone in their life that's encouraging them to do things that isn't in their best interest. And you're going to have to figure out which are your values and which are the values of your friends or, or the organizations that you're in. There may be some challenges around your personal creativity and the need to, to do something altruistic that where you, maybe you don't get as much credit for the thing that you're doing. And that can be painful as well. So just hang in there, Gemini Rising. Um, try to take you know, the responsibilities in your job in stride and uh, reevaluate your methods um, with your domestic situation. You know, the interesting thing too is Mercury is your first house ruler right here. Uh, and that's your, that is retrograde right now. So you may find that even if you're going back home or you're like you know, having to revisit a family issue, you'll get some clarity uh, at the Mercury Kazemi uh, at 13 degrees of Virgo. And what is the date on that? Our Mercury Kazemi, Mercury Kazemi, Mercury Kazemi is on the September 6th. So you might get some clarity around that, that issue, that challenge that you've been going through around that period of time. Okay. Cancer rising. Two more friends. Cancer rising. Cancer rising has the sun in the third and the moon in the ninth. Uh, this is a focus on a new learning experience, uh, a new class maybe that you're, you're coming into alignment with. Maybe there's uh, it's a focal point on siblings or extended family members or your daily rituals and your daily habits and your daily routines. And all of those things are up for a reevaluation with Mercury retrograde in that house as well. There could also be some challenges around how all of that fits into your greater belief system. Maybe there was something where you wanted to go on a trip, a long distance trip, but there was a problem with the, the Sun-Saturn opposition, like a denial of some sort where you're like, oh, maybe that's not, maybe I can't afford that or something like that with Venus retrograding through your second house. There is a reevaluation of what you spend your money on and you'll start to get some clarity as Venus starts to move forward in your second house as well. So that, that's good news for your financial resources. Um, Jupiter is going to be providing for this full moon from the 11th house. So like a, an expansion of the groups that you are a part of and finding a new healthy routine within that. 
Um, although there might be a reevaluation process about the, the 11th house issues as Jupiter stations retrograde um, in your 11th house on September the 4th. When the moon escapes the bond, this is going to be an angular opposition between the moon and Mars from your fourth house to your 10th house. So there could be some domestic instability. Maybe there's a conflict with your family that where there's an injustice that happens around that. And that could be potentially that problem could be because of a something that you're doing publicly out in the world or maybe a challenge with your partner or something like that or your family with you wanting to do something public but it creates a little tension in your, your family life as well so keep an eye out for that also okay and, and the interesting thing for you cancer rising is that your your first house ruler is the moon so something really coming to a head for you in the ninth house like beliefs and, and finding meaning finding that siren song that's going to be helping to guide you with a, a greater sense of purpose in your life so surrender to it rather than resist all right and finally let's see finally where is it where's our leo rising here's leo rising so leo rising you are last which <laughs> last but not least because <laughs> uh, we're never least <laughs> oh boy one particular famous leo rising is the least right now and oh my goodness i don't know if all you saw that that mugshot came out yesterday but holy crap that dude radiates hatred and disgust and i just came and look look at it it's just so difficult to even see the contempt burning within his eyes so We'll see what it, this uh, full moon has in, in store for him. But uh, for those of us who aren't sociopaths as Leo Risings or narcissists, uh, you will be having a full moon in the eighth house of shared resources. There is a highlight on how you make your own money during Virgo season. Uh, you may be reevaluating your how you spend your money and your budget, your resources. You may have to be flexible about resources that are coming in with that sun on the fixed star Thuban. Um, you may find that you are running into some challenges with a shared resource that you have with a partner over this full moon. Although you are going to be having uh, help coming in from Jupiter for this full moon, from your career, from trying to get a new rhythm and trying to expand your abundance in your career, uh, Venus will be stationing direct in your first house, which is good news for your, your image or for your value system. You've probably been reevaluating what it means to be you, Leo Rising, what it means to, what, what things bring you joy personally. And, and you'll be able to, to move forward with that as Venus starts to, to move direct in your first house. And this is the thing too, like maybe Leo Risings have been uh, having a little bit of a challenge with like attracting the things that they want into their life and uh, that could start to shift once Venus turns direct. When the moon escapes the bond, it's going to make an opposition to Mars from your ninth to your third house. So there could be some imbalances or some injustices in your, your neighborhood with neighbors, with, with siblings, with friends, where you're going to have to make some adjustments to your belief system around how you pursue what you want versus other people's needs. So, uh, just take a deep breath um, realize that 
that uh, you know you don't always have to please everyone all all the time every single moment of the day. So so yeah, uh, recognize that approval comes from within. It's not necessarily an external condition. And yeah, Luna Storm says someone is not a good role model for for Leo Risings. This is one of those things where you don't want to claim somebody as a, on your team if you have a rising sign with like someone who's a public figure who's a terrible person. And and to be honest with you, everyone has this. There's there's all sorts of assholes out in the world that have your same rising sign that don't necessarily mean that you are them. Okay, so so be careful of comparing yourself to famous people that have difficult stuff. It could just be a, a, a challenging. Uh, I don't know, other thing in their chart. Although I will say this, oftentimes you can see like a cartoonish level of your shadow with famous people. So recognizing that if you see something that you don't like in a public figure that you share placements with, it's sometimes it's a warning that if you pursue uh, your own desires or you pursue selfish desires at all, all costs, you too could manifest some of that that energy. Uh, like, for example, like, I, you know, the other Leo Rising, <laughs> Donald Trump, who, who we've been talking about here, um, I take lessons from him as far as like what I don't want to do in my life of, of like learning that if I, if I am becoming too adamant about my own desires, my own needs, my own way of doing things, that it will create destruction, it will create challenges in my life. So sometimes I have to learn not to to have a my way or the highway type of attitude. And when I when I see people like him doing things like that, it's instructive. Okay, so so make sure that if you have people in your life like that, they can be teachers for you, even if you don't go to their extremes. Um, they can be a warning. Okay, friends, I think we got through all of the rising signs, the twelve rising signs. We did it in under two hours. Here we have fifteen minutes left to do the animal and the I Ching. So I'm going to take this opportunity before I get to that. Please, please, please uh, like the video today. Subscribe to the channel if you're new here. I love that you're here if you are a regular. Thank you so much for continuing to show up every each and every week. Thank you for your patience with all of this and like going on this journey, all these awesome comments from you. Uh, if you'd like to make a material donation to the work I'm doing here today, there's a super chat or a super sticker that definitely helps me keep the lights on. I appreciate all of you. Um, and yeah, Deck and Walk 2324 is open for registration. I would love to have all of you join me for that. Um, we're going to have a really good, fun time. Uh, the Deccans is something I'm super passionate about. It's really brought a ton of value into my practice and into my life. And I would love to be able to share that, that journey of going through it exponentially, experientially with you over the course of an entire year. I've never done a year course before where we've gone as a group on a journey over that length of time. I think there's there could be some amazing revelations that happen as we build intimacy within a group and see each other's shared experiences and how those decans, how the sun moving through those decans will bring a spotlight on different areas of our life through different houses as well. That's going to be really instructive, seeing how that energy will manifest in different houses that we each share. And being able to share our stories and have a sounding board to, to, to speak with over that period of time is going to be so valuable. So I'm, I hope that you'll join me. Again, reach out if you need some 
uh, accommodations or payment plan, I'd be happy to work with you on that. And we will uh, get ready for the, the NFL season here. Luna Storm saying, go Seahawks, right? We'll get, we'll get ready for football. I'm getting excited about that. Although my mission this year is to, to stay focused on the work that I need to do in the middle of football season. That'll be my Jupiter retrograde uh, mission is how do I manage my time uh, between seeking pleasure and the responsibilities that I have. So keep that in mind as Jupiter stations retrograde at the beginning of football season. Okay, friends. So the hexagram that I have for you this week is number nine. And number nine translates to small accumulation, taking care of the little things. Sound like any signs, Virgo? Uh, using gentleness and friendly persuasion. This is the important part of this hexagram, though. It says temporarily held back, but the rain will come. I've often heard this interpreted as dense clouds, but no rain. So to me, that nine is like a, a waiting period, right? It's like something is held back. That's what I was talking about. We may be running into the obstacle. We, we're, we definitely will be running into an opposition between the sun and Saturn before this full moon that may make us feel like, ah, we're just running into this roadblock. But Saturn instructs us as to how we can spill around that obstacle by being able to gather strength, gather energy, like water does. If, the, if you have an obstacle within a stream, it gathers power and then eventually spills around it with gentleness. It's not about powering through. It's about you know, being able to reevaluate Mercury retrograde, reevaluate not only your methods, but your meaning. Okay, both of those planets are, are instructive right now as far as like reviewing. So two changing lines with this, changing to hexagram 59, which is called dispersion, disillusion, getting rid of egotism, finding a common purpose, clearing up blockages, right? Melting the ice, eliminating internal obstacles. I think that's really important for this one. It's not just about the external obstacles. Oftentimes external obstacles will show up when we have an internal resistance. I'd say a prayer to Ganesh every morning. And Ganesh is in, in the Eastern tradition was the remover of obstacles. And I ask Ganesh to remove internal obstacles as well as the external obstacles on the path. But oftentimes the internal resistance can be so much more powerful than just the, 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 the obstacle that we see externally. Because when you when you're internally resistant to something, you don't see alternatives. You don't see solutions where there could be solutions. You just get depressed about it and you say, oh, I might as well just not do anything, right? But if you're really motivated internally, you'll find another solution. So line number one, we have two changing lines. Line number one says, returning to the way. This is the way, right? <laughs> like this is the, the Mandalorian kind of uh, line. Returning to the way. How could there be blame in this? Good fortune. So this, this changing line is encouraging us to recognize the true nature of a situation, the essence of a situation, rather than trying to force our will in a method that is no longer appropriate for the situation. So hold back, be flexible like water. Don't use brute force to get past the obstacles. Find the true nature of the situation and then spill around the obstacle. When you know why you're doing something, the right method will come to you. You have to surrender to the methods for that appropriate situation that you're trying to achieve rather than reversing it and saying, I'm going to use this method and that's just the way it is. And, and you're not connected to any sort of purpose behind that. We all do this. We all get an autopilot. This is a time to get out of autopilot and say, why is this happening? Why are we doing this? What is this in service of? 
Line number three says cart and axle separate. Husband and wife roll their eyes at each other. This to me is reflective of the opposition between the moon in Aries and Mars in Libra, where we probably might not see eye to eye with us an important partner at the end of this full moon. So we have to be careful of that. Uh, so, so we may also, this speaks to a danger of overconfidence. Um, there may be some unforeseen complications that all is not what it seems around this full moon. So don't force things. You know, when you come across an obstacle, when you come across a disagreement, just trying to bang your head against it and, and making things worse through conflict, it can be a really, create, create more of a difficulty than alleviating it. So we could see some unions that dissolve around this. We could see some, some differences of opinion, see some differences of what our actual goals are. Uh, and oftentimes when we find ourselves in this situation, we don't always have control over it. When Mars is moving into Libra, we're not really able to move under our own power as much. We're not able to defend our own interests as much as we may want to. We, sometimes we get really angry on behalf of someone else's problem. Uh, if you have Mars and Libra, this is common. Like you get angry at an injustice that someone else is experiencing and you stand up for others, but it's hard for you to maybe stand up for yourself. The other issue with Mars and Libra is that, you know, there may be a situation where you just have to make adjustments to someone else's point of view and you can't move forward under your own power during that time. And that's okay. Right. Sometimes we have to take into consideration other people's needs and that's that's life. So practice humility, ask questions, Mercury retrograde and Virgo. Great time to ask questions. Have a conversation about it rather than an argument. Try to understand someone's point of view rather than just get so fixated in your own that you're just constantly banging your head against that brick wall without any sight of resolution in place. The animal that I got for you today, friends, was the canary. So the canary is a bright yellow bird who has a beautiful song. So it talks about the power of song, the power of your speech, power of your creative expression. Canaries are reflective of finding joy within things. They're, they're yellow, they're solar. They're about finding clarity through what brings us love and joy and peace. So use your voice to uplift others rather than to bring them down. This is a great message of canary is, is you know, speak well of others rather than ill of them. Try to find the good in things and share that rather than always maybe complaining about the difficult parts of things. This is something that we all struggle with sometimes. You know, we all have parts of our life that it's much easier to complain about it. Um, but you can really change a situation through a compliment, through gratitude. Those are important parts. Canary can also be reflective of a, you know, we say the canary in the coal mine. This is, could, could be uh, a, sing, a sim, signal, excuse me, to some bigger problem where we have something that comes up where, you know, we have a little bit of an alarm bell or a warning that goes off of something that could be potentially dangerous that we don't necessarily see. Like they sent canaries down there to see if air was, you know, breathable. And if it came back, fine. If it didn't, you might want to reevaluate going down into that mine shaft, right? So there may be a situation where you have to trust, um, trust your intuition, trust your gut, if something isn't feel right to you, like take that warning and that there may be something behind the scenes that isn't quite uh, working out or that could be dangerous. But again, positivity, using the power of positivity and power of uh, speaking something into existence that 
that you want rather than it's sort of the power of prayer praying for something rather than than worrying about it because sometimes our worries can bring things that we don't want to us um, but anyway that is what i have for you and we are almost under the two hour mark here which is fantastic doesn't it feel good when we make an agreement with ourselves and we stick to that agreement i know it feels good for me when i i speak something in the beginning and it comes into alignment so i would encourage you when you're making goals speak it into existence speak it have someone hold you accountable for it by declaring that hey, i'm going to do this and it's much more likely to happen and thank you sarah so much for your super sticker today i appreciate you she says thanks for accompanying me through my day with wisdom and perspective buddy well thank you sarah and uh hope you're having a good one and thank you luna storm for the compliment and go seahawks and hope uh, jackson smith najiba heals up soon your number one draft pick i know he has some wrist issues but uh we'll keep monitoring that friends uh so that's what i've got for you today it's such a joy to be able to go on these journeys with you each week um tune in next week for another another exploration of astrology uh please join me for the deccan walk the deccans of virgo is on sale reach out for a reading if you're if you're struggling and you need some guidance and some help i i love to provide practical advice for things that, that people are going through and try to give a, a perspective to help move you forward, really. So thank you so much. And thank you, Jennifer, uh, for your compliment today as well. And I will see you all next time, friends. Peace. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to one another. And you'll get through it. All right? Hang in there. Take care, friends.